This is the Saturday Night Stitch Show with Hilla Willing, a podcast talking about life with a focus on sewing, fashion, and style. And now, your host, Hilla Willing. Hello, hello, lovely people. It's your host here, Hilla, and thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I have such a fantastic treat for you. I have Sarah Johnston, who's the owner of a Fabrics for All fabric shop. And uh, thank you so much for coming on to the show. You're welcome. Oh, fantastic. So we just wanted to get an idea of what it's like to be a fabric shop owner. Because most seamstresses, I think we have our own mini fabric shops in terms of our own stashes. Which seems to be the case for most most sewers, yeah. Yeah, so I have to say right off the top of my head, the most important question that I want to know is how big your fabric stash is, given that you actually own a fabric store. My personal stash is incredibly disappointing. I have nothing really. Really? I have a tiny bit of Liberty fabric, which I bought last year. Um, a couple of bits of Lady McElroy which I've tucked away because when it sells out I can't get it again and um, quite a lot of curtain fabric remnants but really really disappointing stuff. Really? Yeah. Is, is that because you treat your shop as your stash? My husband seems to think so. I've never ever been a fabric hoarder really? ever. I've never, I've only ever bought what I've needed. I've never, never really gone and bought loads and loads of fabric just for this year. I'm just not that sort of fabric shopper. Wow, we need to study you to get (laughs) that little ingredient, you know, I don't know, package it into a pill or something or a drink or a juice, because that is just amazing. Now, I will need to get some tips from you about how to do that, because that is something that I have struggled with. But before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about your shop, Fabrics for All? So my shop is based in Armley in Leeds. We have been going about two and a half years. Um, My husband and I came down from Newcastle. Um, We did a little bit of a tour of the country when we first were looking for premises because we didn't know where to start. And we sort of ended up in Leeds. Um, massive leap of faith. We have given up everything in the northeast. Our home, our friends, my children are still there. Um, but we knew we couldn't do it in Newcastle. We knew we'd have to come here. Um, we literally came down and used a sat nav in the car to find everything, which I don't do anymore, thank goodness. Um, I knew exactly what I was looking for. I wanted a warehouse unit with parking outside which is what we've got it's not the most glamorous looking shop in the world but when you get inside it has everything that you need Uh, when we started off obviously you don't really know exactly what you're doing although I've worked in the industry and the rag trade and I've taught you still don't know what's going to sell and what people are looking for so it's a massive learning curve and I think only now two and a half years in are we starting to get on top of what Leeds customers are really looking for. So obviously I've got the fabric side, I've got lots and lots of fabric. Then I've also got my online shop as well. So not everything in the shop is online, but all the lovely things are online. Mm -hmm. And then just before Christmas, started teaching in the shop as well. Mm. So I've got a nice workspace too. Yeah, so let's talk about the workspace because, you know, it's been quite 
um, since you're so near to me, I do go in uh, to the shop quite a lot. And it's been really wonderful seeing uh, the progression, the increase in the ranges of fabrics. And, uh, you know, there's now this new wide um, space that you're teaching. What classes are you teaching there? So to begin with, we did a little bit of craft just to see what people were interested in doing. And people really like that as well. And then since the new year, we've started on proper dressmaking courses. So we've just finished a pattern drafting course, mm -hmm. which was absolutely brilliant. I didn't teach that. I had somebody else to come in because my pattern cutting is a little rusty. Um, just the best. We just had the best laugh. It was just a really, really good. And it's a revelation pattern cutting. When you, when you start doing it and you realise mm -hmm. then why commercial patterns don't fit you. And then I've done some beginner's techniques. That's... Uh, quite intense four hours where you just try and get through as many of the basic techniques as you possibly can and then I'm now about to do some pattern based courses so there's a made by Jack's mum hoodie mm -hmm. course and then I'm going to do some and that's a kids sewing that's pattern, a kids right? one yeah for two reasons mainly because people like them they like the children's patterns they're great but mm -hmm. also it's a four hour course you can get through a kid's one much faster yes, than this. And yeah. it's exactly the same transferable mm -hmm. techniques for yes. an adult's one as it's for a child's one. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to start and do some beginner's adults courses. And then I'm hoping to get onto something slightly more technically challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, test people, not just the basics, but maybe some soft tailoring or some something along those lines. That would be wonderful because, like, I feel that sometimes within the sewing sphere there's a lot more that caters to just beginners and when you get past the point where you're a beginner and you're more advanced and you're looking for something to really get your teeth into the you know it's very sparse you know there's a lot of stuff down london side because you can go to is it called central saint martin's or molly college or something like that that does adult evening courses Okay. But, you know, there isn't that. So I, that, that sounds like an amazing thing to to have going. So will you be teaching I'll these teach classes? that one. And when you get onto that level, it requires a degree of commitment because you can't do that in four mm -hmm. hours. That's going to be a four or five oh, week yeah. course. Mm -hmm. And also you're buying very expensive wool. So yeah. you want to take your time and do it properly. But I, like you, I've discovered a needs. There's lots and lots of people who cater for the beginners. And mm -hmm. um, I, I sell beginner, what I call beginner leather patterns, mm -hmm. but you need to move on and you need to, you know, not everybody wants to do that, but you know, the, the joy in making a winter coat and wearing mm -hmm. a winter coat is just heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just doing the elevated tailoring, yep. you know, and I think that the benefit of doing it in a group setting, I mean, of course, you can, as a seamstress, be beavering away by yourself in your sewing room and all that, but there is nothing like the motivation of being part of a group, and you also get that, you know, social interaction. So that's, that, that's really awesome. So where do people find out about these classes? So obviously, they're all bookable online. As mm -hmm. soon as they go online, then and I always put links through Facebook and I put them on Instagram so that mm -hmm. people know what's what's going on. And then there's the obvious things like they're in the shop window as well. Mm -hmm. and, and I, 
people are always ask me and I'm very happy to tell people what's going on and mm-hmm. ring me up and have a chat if you want to and I'll tell you exactly what we're doing mm-hmm. so, yeah it's all there so people can find you on Facebook you've got a Fabrics for All Facebook yep. page you've got a Fabrics for All Instagram yes does that have any underscores in it nope just Fabrics for All just Fabrics for mm-hmm. All and they can also find you on your website fabricsforall.co.uk yep. yeah but there's a lot more fabric in the actual shop than online i would say there's a lot of fabric online yes um but like everything um online and the real world oh coming into the shop and oh uh, yeah it's very you know not everybody can (laughs) yes and i do have people who live relatively close to the shop who still buy online Mm -hmm. because of just time constraints yeah oh yeah yeah i mean like i I think in this day and age as a fabric shop, you do need to have an online offering, you know, because it just makes things so much easier, Mm -hmm. um, especially for um, other people. So what do you like to do when you're not working in your shop? I mean, I know you're quite busy because every time that I've been, (laughs) I get the impression that you are busy. Uh, But do you do anything else outside of... uh... Um, To be honest, at the minute, no, because um, not only... We moved to Leeds and we started a business, but we bought a wreck of a house and we've been doing that up as well. But that's wow. nearly comes to the end. What else do I do? Um, I really don't have a lot of spare time. I do a little bit of running and I oh. walk with my dogs. But after that, I just I sleep. Yes, you've got, um, is it, how many dogs is it? Is it two? Two. Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit about those. So I've got two black labs. Um, they do come to work very occasionally mm-hmm. when needs must. Yeah. Um, they don't worry if you come in they can't get anywhere near you they're well and truly yes, I've met them I have met them yeah <laughs> um, they come to work under sufferance it's not their most favorite place to mm-hmm. be but yeah they um people like them yeah well I love uh the picture that you have on uh the fabricsforall.co.uk site and you've got the um You've got it. You've got your dog wearing glasses. It's the cutest thing. You should just go and check it out. It's just a cheerful thing to um, <laughs> to see. So I'm interested in um, also the fact that you you you've mentioned that you've been in the rag tra- trade yep. for a really long time. Yep. How did you get started? So my mother had uh, retail clothes shops in the northeast. She mm. had four at one stage, and I started working for her when I was about twenty two and started as the junior and sort of you know learned the business from her all the buying all the you know merchandising wow. everything that's involved with with sort of small shops and then um when she she died um i decided not to keep the business on i had three very small children mm-hmm. and it was just too much and i think retailing had changed hugely from when she'd started and then mm. just decided it wasn't for me and i was a full-time mum for about don't know two or three years and mm. then went and went off in a not a different direction I went and worked as a technician in an art department in the school which mm. I absolutely loved mm. I loved that job it was really creative and and then um trained to be a teacher textiles mm. and food teacher so yeah all my working life is fabric fabrics and sewing yes it's the only thing I know how to do. And the irony of it is you've got a disappointing fabric stash, honestly. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> I must do better. Yes, you must. You must do better. You know, because I was like, you know, if, if you own a fabric so, uh, a fabric shop, I always just imagined like, oh my God, those those must be the most amazing 
you know, stashes that they have because, you know, you, you get first dibs on all of the great fabrics. <laughs> you think so, wouldn't you? But no, for some reason it's missed me completely. Yeah. Well, clearly I need to work in a fabric shop to curb my fabric addiction. Possibly. Possibly yeah. that's the answer, yeah. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, so, um, you've talked about what compelled you to open um, a fabric shop here in Leeds, which I think is absolutely fascinating that it was a leap of faith which obviously is working out quite well because you know you're you're getting a lot of uh, people there i think any retail is really really hard it doesn't matter what you're selling mm -hmm. and it's changed so much from when i did it the last time which is sort of 15 20 years ago mm. um like there was no internet then it's just and it's massively competitive online as well mm -hmm. and it takes a long long time to build a business and um, i think even now um I would say half of my customers on a daily basis, it's their first time through the doors. It takes mm -hmm. a long time for, for people to know you're there. Uh -huh. It takes a long time for people to change their buying habits and, mm -hmm. and come and find you. And there's also sort of a, a degree of uh, customers not knowing whether you know what you're talking about and yeah. whether to trust your advice or anything like that. So, uh -huh. yes. And I think you just have to slowly um, build a reputation that people know that when they come in they're going to get advice free advice and if you come in with an issue i'll quickly set a machine up and i'll show you how to do something mm -hmm. and it's all those added things that make your shop stand out a little bit from mm -hmm. everybody else's but i know that people who sew people who own fabric shops are are really good at sharing mm -hmm. and yeah yeah really yeah, no, really the good community is really good it's really good at that yeah mm -hmm. um I get lots of people who go, I really don't know what I'm doing and just helping people. And yeah, mm -hmm. it's really, I really, it's really the thing about the retailer that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, the buying side of it, um, I'm a f the f world's fastest buyer. Are you? Yeah, <laughs> I am. Uh, Tell us about that. <laughs> That's like uh, the secret life of a fabric shop owner. How do you decide which fabrics to buy? You get a general feel for what's going on. So I'm not a massive buyer of fashion magazines, but I always buy Vogue March and September, a Harper's mm -hmm. March. And you get a really good feel for what's coming and what's going to be around. So why and March and September? They're only? the big fashion collections in the two, of, in the two oh, magazines. I did not know that. Yeah, I, it's the only time I ever buy them, March and September. And uh -huh. they're the really, you can tell, if you go into any supermarket, they're the big, fat, thick ones. Okay. And they're more coffee table books. There's no reading in them. But you get a really quickly get an idea for what is going uh -huh. to be coming. Yeah, what colours, what styles. Um, so if you picked up, like, there was absolutely loads of broidery on glaze, uh -huh. um, which is not everybody's cup of tea, but you've got no. to have a little bit of that. But it gives you a feel for the for the colours that's okay. going to be coming through as well, and the, and the styles. Uh -huh. and. Um, so we're in March, right? No, we're about to come to March. Yeah. Is the Vogue March issue available now? Yeah, it should be out. I haven't okay, bought I'm, it I'm yet, totally going to buy that now. And <laughs> if you really can eat, a lot of supermarkets markets have it reduced as well. So Because oh, okay. it's quite... It's like buying a book. It's expensive. Oh, just right. why I only do it twice a year. Okay. But I always have them in the shop as well. They're nice oh, reference right. things to start. Oh, cool, cool. So do that. So you use these magazines, your Vogue and your Harper's Bazaar, mm. to kind of give you a feel... Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because um well you can walk around the shops, you can go into Leeds or any big city centre mm -hmm. and you'll quite quickly get a feel for what styles are gonna be 
around mm-hmm. um because i went to university and studied fashion i've mm-hmm. still got that mm-hmm. that sort of oh so you also studied fashion at university yeah so i've still got that desire uh-huh. and that and i love looking at stuff like that uh-huh. um and it's way too it's out there it's out there it's not what you're going to wear every day but it does give you a really good feel for the yeah. season oh, okay so that's how you decide so how far in advance then do you figure this out um i doesn't need to be that far advance it's not like the fashion industry where they buy six months ahead yeah um fabric you only buy it two or three weeks ahead so you don't need to be that far ahead of of, of the game you get a feel quite quickly in january what's going to be around for the summer Mm -hmm. and again you get quite a good feel come june july what's going to come through for the autumn Uh yeah and the autumn's easy you know you're going to need warm fabrics and it's going to be walls and jerseys and and, yeah yeah. all that sort of thing the summer's slightly because it's prints and Mm -hmm. um and I've already been asked for for linen because the cruise season, is, people are going on holiday really early. Ah, so is that Easter, what they call the resort? Yeah, not in Leeds though. No. <laughs> <laughs> just people going off early on holiday. Yeah, yeah. just to catch cruise some fun. Yeah. 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 All right. That's pretty fantastic. So, you know, you mentioned your um, shop, how you are incredibly, um, you, you just, you know, you, you like to help people and, you know, I can say that I've, I've seen that happening where people have come in and they've been inquiring about oh is this this or that and you know you're always at hand with this fantastic um, advice but also one of the things that I absolutely love about your shop and one of the things that I mentioned straight away when I first bought something and I did my fabric or about what I got from there was you have a clothes rail full of garments that you've made using fabrics from uh-huh. the shop Tell me how you came up with that idea, because that is just bloody brilliant. I think it's probably because I come from that clothes clothing mm-hmm. side, and it, and it, and for a lot of people, buying a pattern is is you know the start of the process, mm-hmm. and then they buying the fabric that they think might go with that pattern, mm-hmm. and then visualizing on themselves. That's a really difficult process, is, yeah. really tricky process, mm-hmm. even. Like you know and I know that we still make mistakes oh, and gosh, not everything yeah. works first time. Mm-hmm. So if you're investing in the pattern which isn't cheap and you're investing in fabric that's not cheap, if you see something made up in a fabric and and that, like people will nip into my kitchen and try things on mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and come out. I didn't know I could do that. Yeah, of course you can. There was you that wrap the... dress that I wanted to try oh, out. Anytime, the just come in one. and try it. I need to remember that, yeah. <laughs> so I make, I tend to make everything in a size 14. Um, I know that doesn't, you can't please all the people, but that seems to be really good. Mm-hmm. 14, 16, mm-hmm. I can always pull things in and pin things on people to get them to fit. Yeah. Um, and it just gives people a really good idea. So... What's the difference between a viscose jersey and a cotton journey jersey? Mm. I've got two things made up in both of those things. You can see the difference in the drape and the hang. Um, and yeah. some of the patterns that I keep, I've got those made up and then people can see. Mm-hmm. And they can see I've made a particular dress, a so different dress. And I made it in a denim, which is far too heavy. Mm-hmm. So I say to customers, customers, the denim looks fab in this dress, particularly with, with the denim top stitching. Just don't choose that denim. It's mm-hmm. far too heavy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, that's a mistake I made, but that also means that I can tell other people don't do that because yeah. that's, you know, that's just doesn't work. And I've got quite a lot of stuff on there now and mm-hmm. I keep adding stuff. And Yeah, you do. Yeah. I always go there. That's like my first port of call because yeah. then I'm seeing um, some fabrics because even I, I consider myself quite a, a, a good 
connoisseur of combining fabrics with patterns, right? But on your clothes rail, I always see things that I'm like, wow, I would have never thought that that fabric would look good as a dress. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally going to get that. And I think that's just absolutely brilliant. And like you said, it can be quite hard, especially when you're starting out to mm -hmm. visualize what it might look. I mean, I tried making a knit pattern using um, a woven fabric when I started sewing. Because <laughs> I didn't know. And I just, I just remember going to, um, you know, a shop and just saying, oh, I've started sewing. I want to buy um, a fabric. And they were just like, oh, these ones are £4.50 per meter. These ones are this per meter. Just tell us which one you want. But there wasn't any of that. Oh, you're new to sewing. What sort of pattern okay. are you going to be using and, and, and all that? And, you know, to this day, I kind of always feel like, um, you know, if you're going to get somebody to work in a fabric, but at least be more, you know, because it's creative and you can create a customer for life okay. that way by being helpful okay. um, and things. My first question to customers is if I've got a pattern is, let me see your pattern. Let mm -hmm. me have a look at it. Let me see what fabrics it is. Or if they don't have an I always say, what are you using this fabric for? Yeah. Because I'll say to them. You, this is not going to work. This is yeah. the wrong stuff. I'd rather they went out with, with nothing yeah. than took the wrong the thing. Wrong because thing. it's just disappointing. And you put it a lot of effort is. into a garment that's not going to fit. It's not going to... And pattern sizing is so weird. Oh. Um, <laughs> that oh, I could say, look, don't look at the sizes. Look at the measurements. Yeah. The Vogue 22 is a, is a 16 in everybody else's yeah. world. Yeah. Don't be stressed out that you're having to make a 22. Mm -hmm. It's only a number. It's no vanity one, sizing for the most part. You no know? one will ever look in the inside of your garment and know what size you're wearing. Exactly. Make your garment to fit you. And mm -hmm. that's absolutely fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. It is, yes. Um, and I think there's, yes, you have to, I'm nosy. Mm -hmm. I'm just nosy. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I ask people, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. How am I ever go with that? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it works that way because I also find that um, I've, I've met a few people who are like, oh, I, try, I tried sewing, but it wasn't for me. And when I sort of, you know, I probe deeper um, at these questions because I always like to think, well, you know, why are you telling yourself that story? Mm -hmm. let, let's, let, let's unpack that. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, it's somebody who blamed themselves for a lack of skill. Mm -hmm when it was actually just they got the wrong fabric mm -hmm. they had the wrong stitch mm -hmm. you know they didn't realize that you had when you're doing a, a when you're sewing with a, a jersey you can't use your normal stress so they're like oh it just it, the seams were just snapping mm -hmm. open did you try is it you know so it's quite mm -hmm. um you know with with sewing i think and especially when you're uh when you are you are handling it you've got a very important role actually because mm -hmm. you because you're 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 handling people's um creative dreams their expectations yeah. isn't it yeah it <laughs> yeah. is yes yeah so that's um do you sometimes i could get people and i'm like, and i think what you want to do and what you possibly your outcome is are two quite different things and mm -hmm. you have to maybe draw bring them back down to earth a wee bit because their expectations well, are a little yeah, bit it's pinterest i blame pinterest <laughs> for that i really do because you get a lot of people who obsess over a single image on Pinterest and like this is what I want but 
I'm always trying to point out, especially to any new people to sewing who are starting to sew and they're like, oh, you make these nice dresses. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I've got this picture. There's this dress that I want to make and it's a Gucci gown. You know, I mm -hmm. think I could make this. And I'm like, yeah, you, you probably could. But they've pinned that in to make it look like that. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that they're not going to be able to move their arms because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so form-fitting. Mm -hmm. And so I, I blame Pinterest for unrealistic expectations. And I only use Pinterest to look at people's kitchens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be good. Uh, <gasps> do you know what? I have a funny Pinterest story, actually. I just, uh, so we did up our house when we uh, bought it, and this was about uh, four or five years mm -hmm. ago. And like he was a fixer-upper, so I kind of feel like, you know, we're kindred souls yep. for getting fixer-uppers. <laughs> it was... Um, we had to basically knock everything back down, back to brick. We yep. knocked down a couple of walls. So one of the things that I did was like, oh, I really want an ensuite. I've always wanted an ensuite. And with five kids, you know, I wanted to have my own personal space. And I looked at Pinterest. I used Pinterest, right? And I found this perfect looking washroom um, image on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. Took it to my builder and I was like, this is what I want. And my builder was like, Ew, I don't feel like this would work. The shower is a bit thingy and all that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, it's on Pinterest. I want my own switch. <laughs> and it turned out that the space was too small. The shower um, head was literally more or less so close to the actual toilet unit. You couldn't use the ensuite as a shower okay. with anything on it. And it makes sense because the Pinterest picture the ensuite it doesn't have anything on the counters or it's just an empty okay. room okay which you know if you don't have the in the real world in the real world you, you can't even have toilet rolling no. because it would just get damp <laughs> it would get <laughs> so to this day i have an ensuite that's just basically a toilet and you can't use the shower head but if i put that picture up on pinterest it would do really well yes <laughs> so i'm kind of like i'm always a bit pinterest I better watch out. So style over form. Yes, I think Pinterest is yes. not style over form, but realistically speaking. Yes. Um, but anyway, so in terms of your sewing, I've seen you wearing some pretty fabulous things. And in fact, one of the fabulous coats you were wearing the last time that I was there inspired me to buy a fabric that I normally would not even look at because okay. it had brown. Okay. And for me, brown is like a non-color. <laughs> Normally, but I made like a really fabulous skirt, a self-drafted skirt, which is kind of like that. So tell us about what is your all-time favorite piece that you've ever made? I've ever made. Um, oh, this is going to be so unpredictable. The, probably the most beautiful thing that I ever made was my wedding dress. Oh, and it was, um, oh, I remember vividly, going into Liberty in London and the lace... Um, was 85 pounds a meter now that's wow. 1993 that's a oh long time ago and i needed 1.85 meters i remember this vividly and i'd done a bit of a recce and i'd gone and grabbed my mum because she was she paid for my wedding dress mm -hmm. and i'd said uh, come and have a look at this and it was the most beautiful ribbon lace it was stunningly beautiful and i'd said to her she said how much do you need and i said 1.85 i said but should we just get two and she went no not at that price you can have 1.85 <laughs> And we and we ended up going to John Lewis and buying a polyester Duchess satin. Mm -hmm. So what I spent on the bodice, I sort of saved on the skirt. Um, but it 
had a bit of a couture finish so every single seam I'd cut out motifs from, from the lace wow. and covered every seam with the motifs and then all of the cuffs were covered in sea pearls that you couldn't see but I knew were uh-huh. were there wow. and it was and I've still obviously I've still got it and and I, and I did think oh I'd have girls and I didn't have three boys Aww. so it's just lying in a box looking a bit yellow and a bit but it's mine and I made yeah. it and I made my sister's wedding dress as well so Aww. I think they're probably and the other thing that I was incredibly proud of was the very very first wool coat that I ever made uh-huh. and um, it was obviously lined and self-made shoulder pads and, wow. and uh, which I always do and uh, I was doing my food job in Asda and a woman came over and went, oh, where did you get your coat from? And I went, I made it. Oh, oh that's such a nice Oh, it's just the it? best thing ever. Yeah. And, I've, and I haven't got the coat anymore, but I still have a tiny bit of the fabric. It's probably about 15, 20 years ago when I uh-huh. did it. And although it wasn't the most beautiful thing that I've mm. ever made, I wore it every day and mm. I loved it. Yeah. And it was a bit loud and it was quite a bold check. Mm-hmm. And yes... Uh, I have a real thing for coats and jackets. I love making coats. Mm-hmm. Um, they are beautiful to make, though. Oh, and just, I just the love process. Them. Yeah, yeah, and especially I find working with wool so satisfying because wool you can mold it yeah. to whatever shape you want it to. Yeah. And I just I love that about wool. And if I could, I'd probably just be sewing coats all the time. But I had to stop because I've got so many yeah, um, of them. Although I'm reconsidering that now. And my new love is blouses. Uh-huh, blouses. Oh, fallen in love with the collar and and uh, and covered buttons. Oh, covered buttons. I love covered buttons, oh, yeah. It just a, adds, it's like a way of, um, you know, elevating just, a, a project. Yeah. Just by adding covered yeah. buttons to it, it just gives it a, little, a certain... Uh, je ne sais quoi. And whenever I'm wearing, I, I recently did a dress a couple of months ago, and it's a vintage style mm-hmm. tea dress style. And whenever I'm and it's got covered buttons, mm-hmm. so it's got a row of covered buttons here on the center front. And whenever I'm wearing it, honestly, if you see me, I just, I'm like so ladylike. <laughs> Because it's like it just elevates it. It does, <laughs> and it makes it really, really special. And Have I you made I'm, anything recently like what that? What I made recently, I did. It's a little while since I've done something with a covered button. I've just done a needle cord blouse with a bishop sleeve, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's got a button placket, so you can't see the buttons. But the very top button, um, I'm going to put a covered. Just mm-hmm. the one mm-hmm. covered button. Oh, so you've is got that the one that you were making with the Lady McElroy mustardy? With the yeah, the needle yeah, cord. The needle the cord, cord, yeah. And it is so soft and drapey and beautiful. Yes, yeah. So that is good, probably going to sit in work for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll photograph it and let people have a look at it, and then I'll wear that. Yeah. But I'm really a bit naughty because I I wear things. Yeah. And I wash them and then I'll take them back to work and hang them back on the rail. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's the, i mean the value of that rail just being able to see what you can do with those fabrics is just you know it's it's totally totally worth it um so what was i going to say oh so what makes you feel inspired then with your sewing so you've just said that you've gotten into the blouses what inspired that well, if i see a pattern that i think oh that's amazing i've got to do i've got to have mm. a go at that so i bought a vogue pattern um about a month ago and it's for some paper bag trousers um, and I don't think that it's all together going to suit me, but hey-ho, let's give it a go. I'm yeah. quite looking forward to having a go at that. And mm-hmm. um, It's patterns and then fabric. Um, I like anything that's a bit quirky, that's a bit unusual, mm. that nobody else has 
goats. Yeah, I'm like I'm there. a little bit not out. I'm a little bit out there. I. I I do like to make a bit of a statement. Yeah. So, what's the point of making your own clothes if you're just going to make them look like they're H and M or you know? Yeah. For, I I don't yeah. see the point. Like I had somebody, my um, my my brother's partner came up and she's like, "Oh, you sewed that skirt?" And I was like, "Yeah, I did." And she's like, "Oh, so you're really good at sewing." Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, I've got this pair of jeans that I would like to make a copy of." And I was like, "Well, let me have a look at them." And they were H and M jeans. And I was like. Go buy well, them. It's too short. You know exactly. Yeah. yeah. I haven't quite bought onto into the make your own jeans thing because I'm incredibly fortunate. I don't have a problem with fit. Yeah. Of jeans. If you do, it's a different matter. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm never going to make jeans. Yeah. Sorry. Mm -hmm. To all those people who love making jeans. Yeah. But it's not for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I discovered full jeans. I made jeans. Um, and and that's because you know when you start out sewing, you do kind of just do the following the yeah. bird kind of thingy. Yeah. Um, which. You know, thankfully you grow out yeah. of as you as you get on. But I did. I made jeans, right? Um, and it was fun, but I was like, "Wow, that was a lot of work." Mm -hmm. And then I discovered these Eleanor jeans from Jali, and they're like fake jeans. Okay. So there's no uh, fuffing around with doing a fly or whatever, and they look just like jeans, and right. they've got an elasticated waistband. Oh, so win-win. And I was just like, "Boom! Never again will you see no. me making jeans." You know, just popping an elastic. And where them with There's some things fingers. I think um, that life is too short. To, so yeah. who's got, don't make white t-shirts. Exactly. <laughs> don't know? just yeah. Um, there's some things yes, unless you have really struggled with fit and you yeah. can't find things. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that you just think no life is too short. To yeah. Make those. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, it's like um, what's that saying? If you're gonna ask. Um, is it Michelangelo? If you're going to ask Michelangelo to paint your garage for you, let Michelangelo yes. paint the garage. <laughs> not just be like, I want Magnolia yeah. over here. No. No. no, 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 no. No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah if you're going to make a, a, yeah, that's why I love jackets because you can make a really bold mm -hmm. statement. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a skinny mini, I'm a 16. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm going to make a statement, I'm going to make a bold statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I loved, what was the jacket that you were wearing with that um, abstract print uh, scuba Oh, that's now that. What was the that's a Stylark Parker coat? Is I have it? used and used and used that. Oh, okay. It works brilliantly in scuba, but I've also done it in boiled wool. Mm -hmm. The reason I love that coat is, um, well, the in the McElroy fabric because it's such a beautiful fabric, but yeah. also because I work in a warehouse, it's, it's effectively a warehouse. Yeah. It gets incredibly cold. Yeah. So I can wear that with mm -hmm. loads and loads of layers underneath. Yes. And that's why I've made, I must have made that coat about six times. Ah. Um, it's not the world's most exciting coat. Um, but it looks exciting in some of the fabrics yeah. that you've used. I mean, I've probably seen you wearing it before in other fabrics. Yeah. But when I saw it in that abstract print fabric, I was just like, wow, yeah. that looks amazing. I thought it was a Sapporo coat because when I did my video about the fabrics and, and, and doing that, I called it the Sapporo coat because I was just like, Real. but I'll need to correct that and say it's, Sorry, a, it's called what? Stylark? It's Stylark Parker. Parker, Stylark Parker. Parker. Yeah. Quite a big fan of Stylark patterns. I think mm -hmm. they're good foils for really quite extravagant fabric i've never tried starlight patterns before so they're very much reflective of, of australian lifestyle they're very easy things mm -hmm. to wear they do a lot of sort of elasticated waist pants mm -hmm. and nice fluid tops they do a little bit of smarter stuff but it's definitely casual stuff and um, 
the instructions are a little vague. Mm-hmm. You need to have some experience to do yeah. them. But I just think if you've got a beautiful like viscose jersey or something which needs something drapey, their their patterns are really really good for it. Mm-hmm. And also they go up to about a size twenty six or twenty eight or something. Okay, so they're, so they're probably the size yeah. range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that that's really cool because I I hate having to look and see if a pattern is available in that size, which, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of sewing magazines, but some of the sewing magazines, they'll only have like two sizes here, three sizes mm-hmm. there, which can be quite yeah. um, frustrating. So do you have any favorite fashion designers or icons? It's Vivian Westwood, Vivian. all day long. <gasps> I do like me. Oh, all day long. <laughs> she's a dame now, is she? Is she dame? Vivian I Westwood? think she is a dame. Yeah, she's a and, and what I love about it is that I know she's I know that she works in partnership with her husband now it's not all just her uh-huh. but he's equally as bonkers and out there as she is uh-huh. there's an advert in Vogue this or Harper's this month and she is modeling next door next to Naomi Campbell uh-huh. and I think she's well into her 70s yeah, yeah. she is yeah. she looks sensational uh-huh. I mean unbelievable and I've just watched a documentary about it oh which I watch, my husband watched as well because he loves clothes. And she was cycling through London in this amazing, extravagant outfit. Oh. And I just think, you you know, come on. Life mm-hmm. is too short. No, Not is. to do that. It, she just is. And, and, he, and I just, everything about, I just love her. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I, I couldn't get tickets for the Dior exhibition at the V&A and I'd love to see that. Uh. Um, I'm hoping it's going to go to Bose Museum because I'll nip up there to Bose to see it. But mm-hmm. we saw where to where Bose in County Durham, Barnum oh, okay. Castle. All okay. right. Um, I we saw the YSL exhibition up there uh-huh. about four years, five years ago. Okay. Uh, completely different to Westwood. The most beautiful, understated, uh-huh. elegant. You know the he sort of invented. The tuxedo for women and stuff like yeah, that, uh-huh. just stunningly beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah, but in a very, very different way to, to yeah. But for me, it's Westwood yeah, West no, all day love, I I really love her, her spirit, her vivacity. Yeah. Um, and when I discovered her, she was such an inspiration for me because I used to have these ideas that oh, you, for a school run you have to wear this, for this you have to wear this, and all that, and you know basically learning more about her just inspired me to wear my the maxi dresses that i loved mm-hmm. the one shoulder thigh slit ones mm-hmm. and you'll see me doing my school run in this like <laughs> especially in summer or when in in spring or summer winter winter i'm more wrapped up because it's like you know cold <laughs> upstairs but yeah so that's so that's pretty um cool i was hoping to catch the dio exhibit as well but that didn't happen i did catch the frida Kahlo. But that was amazing Once seeing again. those clothes, the color that she brought into her life. I, I, and I think, I don't know what you think about this, but as a seamstress, I do think going to see these masterpieces is definitely one way of um, giving you the motivation to elev- either elevate your skill or think more about what you're making mm-hmm. and why you're making yeah. it so yeah i i do recommend that and um is there any advice you'd impart to somebody who's say thinking of um 
opening their own fabric shop, whether it's online or bricks and mortar, okay. or anything you wish you'd uh, known when you started out? Um, I'm very fortunate because I worked in a fabric retailers in the northeast before I moved down here. Um, so I had a, a sort of not, but I had a pretty good idea. Um, we also um, sold a house, two houses in the northeast to start the business. It's possibly the most expensive startup. Mm -hmm. that you could imagine to have a decent range of stock i don't know i can't think of any other startup that's as expensive mm. to start so for that reason i think it's very difficult to go in at a level and be competitive mm -hmm. and that's why you see lots of very small <coughs> fabric shops because yeah. they physically can't afford to be any bigger mm -hmm. so finding a unit is probably the easy thing finding a competitively priced unit is mm -hmm. relatively easy um it's it's all the other stuff it's stock in it it kills you mm -hmm. you go and buy a thing of a stand of threads and stock that with threads you're talking two or three thousand pounds mm -hmm. it's things you know like that um, I'll never put anybody off, but you need a huge amount of money to you start need it. To also have a lot of passion, it sounds like you, you need to have. I think a, you do. Yeah. Yes, you can't. You can't do this as I do it at the minute, six days and two nights a week, mm -hmm. um, and you burn out too quickly if you yeah. didn't enjoy it. And I absolutely love it. I have odd days where I think, oh, I wish I'd done something else. I could be, you know, quite nice to be a lady of leisure. <laughs> um, but then if I'm if I'm a little bit quiet, I'll maybe cut something out mm -hmm. or I'll do some samples or um, I'm in the process of creating some hand embroidery kits to sell mm -hmm. online. I'll have a go at that. Um, any bits and pieces. I'm, my husband and I have been doing a house up. I need to make blinds. If I yeah. get five minutes, I'll <laughs> cut some fabric out or sew a blind up or something. So, yeah, I'm never bored. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's the, it's the definitely the financial side of it is the hard, it's the mm -hmm. hard thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ah, yeah, so I think it sounds like you need to have a, you need to have the passion and it's obviously not a short game because you were saying no. earlier about how you just have to take the time to build the reputation. It takes a long time, yeah. For that, so yeah. it's not something that you can sort of start off and be like, oh, check in a year's time. No, definitely yeah. not. Definitely yeah. not. And so, um, what does the future hold for Fabrics for All? In the short term, consolidating. Um, we'd... Obviously, you, you want to grow the business, you want to be, get busier. I'd love to be able to employ somebody at some mm -hmm. stage in the future. I think that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Also, just so I can have a day off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd like to build the online business a bit more as well. That's mm -hmm. quite hard work to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and you ha you're relying on the skills of other people because I'm really quite good at sewing. I'm absolutely rubbish at IT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I can sort my own website out and stuff but beyond that you know uh -huh. all of this seo and all this carry on is it's a dark art yeah um and yes give me a, you know a dress to make and i'm i'll make yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort out the seo i was like in my head i just think oh no that's not for me uh-huh <laughs> yeah. yeah um and what about the uh bloggers you've got a blog on there haven't you because um i sort of first discovered you through um, a blogger who had come to your shop and okay. then written about it and I know it, it is Josie uh, she does regular she does um, yes she visits does. and she says stuff and that's how I found out about the one-third off of the uh, Lady Marlboro yep. fabrics um, are you still doing that so obviously 
uh, Josephine does support me and also um, Karen um, who is based in Wakefield she does and what's I, her blog name for people uh, she waking she wakey makes I think she might be wakey, wakey makes. makes okay yeah. um, oh, she definitely is on Instagram wakey okay. makes so you yeah. can find her that way mm -hmm. she um, only blogs for me she did for other people and stopped and has come back the two of them could not be more different yeah um, Josephine is much more um, she dresses um, much more ladylike. I don't know, but I'm trying to explain it. But she likes dresses and she likes more yeah, formal she's very things. Fair, yeah, quite feminine. feminine. Yeah. Whereas Karen um, prefers, she uses a lot of jersey. She mm -hmm. likes more relaxed things. So the two of them, are, you know, cover yeah. both sides and yeah. it works really, really well. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I do occasionally write something online, but to be honest, I just still have time. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and to write in detail about what you make, um, uh -huh. it, it's just I never have time to do it. So I leave it, it for them to do it. Yeah, because it, it is quite a juggling act yep. trying to do um, a site um, and all of these other things that um, are going on. Uh, so that's that, that's pretty awesome. So you've also got your the classes that you're offering mm -hmm. and you mentioned an embroidery kit that you're working yeah, on. Yeah, so I did. Do you, do you embroider? Um, yeah. Yeah. I've got a real thing for um, free motion embroidery. Uh -huh. So I still do some freelance work. Um, uh, I do some, I designed some felt kits for uh, Joe Mill, who um, are wholesale haberdashers. Mm -hmm. So uh, threads, all that kind of stuff. They're mm -hmm. based in Bradford. So the kits, um, I obviously stopped the kits, but they're available all over the country through Joe Mill. Uh -huh. And then they were going to somewhere else as well. So they're, yeah. And then I um, thought, oh, well, I've done those. Why don't I have a go at something? And I did some craft course, craft classes in the shop before Christmas. And I designed this rabbit, this hair, uh -huh. as a hand embroidery thing, just on a bit of linen. And people loved it. And then I transferred it and made it onto a cushion and made it much bigger. And then I thought, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this as a kit. So it's still a little bit of work in progress. I'm nearly there. Um, but yes, they're going to be kits in the shop and online. And then I also do this freelance work for a charity up in the Northeast who um, are called the Jack and Josephine Project. And mm. they work with adults and teenagers with learning disabilities. And they use um, life-size, anatomically correct cloth people wow um and so jack or josephine so various other uh health authorities or charities or something around the country uh -huh. have bought the license and have jack and josephine's themselves so oh, okay. they are articulated they move, move. wow and um, they also inside um, are anatomically correct as well and they oh, look wow. like real humans but they're made out of fabric um, so they're all over the country I've got there's some in Scotland obviously in Newcastle there's uh, one just gone to the Isle of Wight in London in um, I've just seen something where they come down and did some work in Bradford down here so they so I do maybe two of those a year and wow. that charity's just won a big diversity award in Liverpool and and there was a big screen and I was interviewed on the big screen <laughs> and I looked like death warmed up oh. and Lenny Henry was there. Wow. And, and this charity has just got a new patron who is Sally Phillips, who's an actress and her son has Downs and she was at this celebrate this award ceremony. So she's now the patron of the charity. So yes, I, would, um, I love working for them. And that's, it, that's quite a, a weird thing 
the guy who runs it said we, we think we might have found somebody else who can if you could do the patterns and that all fell through and apparently nobody else wants to <laughs> do, do them um and i don't have patterns uh-huh. i just cut and go wow i i do sort of know what i'm doing but uh, i've been doing well, it for about I, 10 I years i want to see this as well so i can't wait to get that link <laughs> to um, um to see it and so very quickly before we wrap up i feel like i could talk to you for hours and hours because like there's more things <laughs> that i want to talk about but um what 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 what's going to be the top fabric colors prints patterns coming up in the next two months then and a lot of emerald green a emerald lot of green i'm just going to be making notes here old floral prints oh that's me i'm, I'm i already have tons of big bold floral oh gorgeous yeah. um quite abstract floral prints mm-hmm. what else uh broidery anglaise i've seen mm-hmm. yeah like the that beautiful Swiss um, broidery onglers, which is really difficult as a retailer to get hold of. We can uh-huh. get that, yeah. Uh, what else have I seen that? Um, more of that ochre colour. Okay, still the mus- mustardy. Mustardy colour, yeah. still okay. around. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, I haven't got a bit of denim. Denim. Yeah. Well, denim seems to always be around, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just the way you use it, isn't it? So um, use it in a slightly different way, I think mm-hmm. is quite interesting. Um I've even seen double denim, which is uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I sell denim all year round, but yes, uh-huh. denim definitely seems to be a thing. Okay, so where where do we find out when you've got new stock in? I put it obviously on the website. It goes website, online. Website, yeah. Um, if this, so I've just had some beautiful linens in from mm-hmm. Hemmers. Um, they're in the shop. And I've started to put those online. Once they're all online, then I'll link that to my Facebook page and I'll take photographs. But I don't like to put it on Facebook until I've got the all the online links sorted out. Yeah. So that'll happen this week. So that's all the beautiful classic linens, mm-hmm. uh, sort of striped in the greys, the very classic. <gasps> Linen stripe. Oh, beautiful. Oh. And then the, they're bold prints, but they've also got some really bold coloured linen mm-hmm. as well. Not the beiges and the and the stones and the, but some really strong strong colours as well. Mm-hmm. Colour, I think, is definitely a thing this this year. Yeah, colour. Yeah, well, I I I've always believed in colour. <laughs> always believed in colour. It's not for everybody. There's a lot of people who are black in the winter and navy in the summer, and that's absolutely fine. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of colour. No, yeah, no, I'm 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 happy that you know. I'm finally going to be on trend. Finally. <laughs> After all these years of suffering with bold colors and all that. Um, so, yeah. So, that's uh, pretty awesome. So, join the Facebook group. Uh, no, sorry. You haven't got a Facebook group, have you? It's the Facebook page. page. Yeah. Uh, so, check out the Facebook page if you want to, you know, uh, get info straight away. 
about what new fabrics are coming in the shops and what will be available in um, Fabrics for All shop. Do you have a newsletter that people can I sign up to? don't at the minute because it's only me and it's just a time yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. It's really, really just mm -hmm. a time thing. Well, I have your website bookmarked. Oh, right. okay. Sometimes I <laughs> okay. I'll go and check and just be like, refresh. Refresh, see what so that comes up. Yeah. See what comes so up. So there's right? always a, there's always a quiet bit. So between sort of over the Christmas and January, February, where nothing really very much mm -hmm. happens, and it's only now. But interestingly, this year for the first year, I didn't go to Stitches, which is the big trade show, yeah, because nobody was showing there. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm literally waiting for people to come to me to show me stuff this time, rather than uh -huh. going out mm. and about. Yeah, so. Um, I haven't really done an awful lot of buying yet this spring, but yeah. the turnaround so fast, it's, that's not really yeah. a problem. Uh -huh. Well, you know, I, I always like the range of fabrics that you have. You always have a, you know, um, so if I'm looking for something that's actually unique and different, I do automatically think, let me no, check there uh, first, because some places they do kind of tend to sell the same sort okay. of stuff. And like you, I do like to be a little bit quirky. The thing is, if you've had different. something that's quite a bold print, you don't want to get that again, do you? You want no. to get something new. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is the. Uh, There's always the stock fabrics. I'm always going to have denim and and cotton poplin and plain mm -hmm. jersey and stuff. But yeah, 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 yeah. You want something different all mm -hmm. the time, yeah. And you also stock upholstery fabrics as well. No, I don't really. No, no okay. I don't. All oh, right. I've got a tiny bit of curtain fabric, mm -hmm. which obviously people take for curtains, but um, it's mainly bag makers who take it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't do upholstery. Yeah. Okay. All right. So no upholstery there. Just a little bit uh, for bag making. So um, one of the things that you do, which is pretty awesome as well, is that you don't actually have any bags when you when you shop. So you, and now I, ha I remember that I have to carry my own bag when I go there. So t just tell us about that. How did that come about? So when we first opened, obviously, we had small plastic bags. The sort of small plastic bags, which um, are great for taking bits of fabric home with, but are really unusable again once you've used them they're no use you can't even put them in a bin and and so um i always ask customers do you want a bag and a lot of customers go oh yeah they take one without really thinking about it so i said to my husband right when we get to the bottom of this box that's it i'm not doing bags anymore um and it sort of happened slightly earlier than I thought and I was caught unawares. So I started to wrap customers' things in tissue the mm -hmm. way that I wrap them when I send an online parcel. So I wrap them in a certain way and I have stickers and I put that on. And and I, and I started doing that about, well, fairly recently and giving that to customers. And customers go, oh, it's like a present. I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, it is. It's like, I know you've bought it yourself, but it's like taking something really beautiful home with mm -hmm. you. Not everybody wants it. A lot of people come with their own bags and they're quite happy. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that's fragile or someone's bought quite a few bits and they've got threads and zips and all that, mm -hmm. just to do a little bundle to put it inside your, on your, on the on the seat in the car so all the bits don't go everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it just looks really, really nice. Mm -hmm. I love doing it. Yeah, yeah, which is, uh, this is really good. And it's also, you know, uh, plastic isn't all that great either. So no. I think it's, uh, it's it's really awesome and you recently put a post about that on your yeah. facebook page and it went viral yeah it's just gone a bit berserk and yeah. I think, yeah people must really like this <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know just so you know fabrics were always taking steps towards um you know reducing the plastic uh consumption by not having any uh plastic carrier bags which you know for me somebody who doesn't necessarily think about bags or whatever 
I think it's pretty awesome because I'm always remembering to bring mm -hmm. my own yep. little fabric bag, yeah. um, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving up your time. I know how busy, incredibly busy you are, even more so now that you know, we've chatted about what you get up to. Um, really do appreciate that. So thank you so much. You're for, welcome. Thank for you very much. Coming over. I had such a wonderful time interviewing Sarah for this um, episode of the podcast. And I really hope that you've enjoyed listening to some of the insights on the secret life of a fabric shop owner. And I'm also super excited about next week's episode in which I have Laura Casey, the owner designer behind So Different Patterns, which is an independent pattern company. And I look forward to seeing you next week for that episode. Thanks for listening to the Saturday Night Stitch Show. If you'd like a weekly pep talk that'll motivate you to have fun with sewing, check out Saturday Night Stitch on YouTube.